Okay. I know I'm talking to Ben. I know you already know a little bit about this, but it was so cool. I need to let everyone else know and you need to relive it again. So, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm all mixed up. A couple of days ago, I get a text and it is Kristen Gates. Mm-hmm. She is the DJ for, I say the DJ. Because, One of the DJs. Uh, no, I think she's the best. So okay. I, I give her the title as the DJ okay. for 94.9 The Bull. It is a major country station here mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. I get a text. Let's go back. Let's emphasize okay. that. She texted me. She didn't she, have my number. Oh yeah, whatever. Okay. So she was like, Hey, is there any way I could call you? I, I have a favor. It's very last minute. And so I get to go out. I talk to her. I get to come back in the shirt shop. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, Kristen Gates just texted me. So anyway, yesterday, Jordan, Sarah, and I went down to the bull radio station. It was incredible. It was such a cool experience. Um, we, I debated on whether or not Jordan take Jordan sure to take sure, Jordan sure. because I was afraid she might be kind of nervous yeah. but she said she wanted to go Sarah and I were talking about lunch afterwards so she was like I want to go and when we got here to the mm-hmm, shirt shop mm-hmm. she was a little nervous because we weren't leaving until 11 30 yeah. but she wanted to go we go in there and she did amazing mm-hmm. she really liked it yeah. I, I mean I she completely gets that it's a bit of a star feeling like here she is getting to like do a little badge thing to get Mm. in. It's really cool. And they, they rolled out the red carpet for us. She was very excited. Kristen Gates was exactly the way she comes across on the radio. radio. Like her, the minute she gave me a hug, that laugh. Yeah. I hear it on the uh, radio. I just, I just love her. So anyway, I did an interview for international women's day, which by the time this airs, that'll already be passed, but that's okay. I think every day should be international women's day. Uh, Uh, So anyway, so I did the interview. We got to sit in the bowl. Like, so you're not on the radio station. It was the podcast. No, 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 no. The station. Okay. Um, but she recorded it ahead of time with me and then okay. she's going to play it. Um, it was incredible. And so then afterwards we got to go to lunch, which Jordan was so excited. Of course. Yeah. Um, Sarah and I got a little nervous cause we were walking around. It was all these different like trendy type places. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, I don't know if Jordan's going to like this. So she got grilled shrimp and fries. Mm. And I mean, she was so excited. We got in the car. We had about a 45 minute ride on the way back. She literally did not take a breath from talking from the minute we pulled out of the station until we got back to the shirt shop. She gets that honest though. She, hey, she was so excited. It was fun. She did have, she, they only sold Coke products there because it was oh, like yeah. a trendy Atlanta oh, place. Atlanta. Yeah. So she got a Coke for lunch, but she barely drank any of it. Well, then we found this cute little coffee shop. So we decided to get iced coffee. And I was like, okay, do you want to trade in your Coke? So she brought the Coke back for you. But as she's walking out to get to the car, she has her bottle of Coke in one hand, her iced coffee in another mm. hand, and she's carrying this bowl of ice cream. She and Sarah had went to get ice cream while I went to get the coffee. Sarah gets her like, it's like a gallon of ice cream. (laughs) She was all jacked up. But she did not drink the Coke. And honestly, she only ate a couple of bites of the ice cream. But But the the thought of having it all. It was the thought of having it all that put her on a high. Anyway, it was an incredible experience. One other truly funny thing was yesterday morning before we left, I was taking Hudson to school and he said, now mom, you're going to be on this station. Cause we had 94, nine, the bull on. And I said, yeah. And he said like, so what do you do? When are you going to be on? What are you doing? He had all these questions. Mm-hmm. 
So I completely straight face. I said, well, I'm going down today and like, she's going to interview me and I'll record my songs <laughs> and then they'll play oh, tomorrow. Oh, gosh. And the look on his face was sheer terror. He goes, wait, <laughs> you're going to sing? And I, I mean, I tried oh, to hold funny. it and I busted out laughing. I swear, I think he was like going to go alongside the street and look for a new mom because I was yeah. going to mortify because he's heard me sing. It's, yeah. it's not good. That's and funny. I was like, okay, I'm kidding. No, I'm just going to be on there talking. So anyway, he is now excited to listen since he knows I won't right. be singing. Right. Which but I guess this is going to play after you've done it. But it you're going to post this stuff I on will. Facebook or TikTok so yes. people will be able to go back and, I did and some, find it. Yeah, I did okay. some videos. It was just all around. Whether you listen or not, it was an all around cool experience. And I think too, how far Jordan has come. Because a few years ago, for her to be able to go in this extremely nice building, very quiet, white everywhere... It would have made her so nervous she couldn't have enjoyed yeah. it. And it was a favorite day for her. And That's I just, good. hopefully people listening... I mean, think I'm kind of cool because Kristen Gates had me on the radio station, but that's really not the point. Hopefully it gives people hope. Whatever challenge you have in life, I hope you look at Jordan and say, she can do it, so can I. Yeah. Welcome to the Be Kind to Everyone podcast. I'm Jackie. Welcome back. I am going to continue on my conversation with Kate Swenson from Finding Cooper's Voice. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, you definitely need to go back and listen because we're picking up from where we left off. Kate, thank you so much for joining me again. So happy to be here. So let's go back just a little bit. I don't know about you, but when Jordan was diagnosed, like I didn't know anything about autism. I didn't know anybody that had autism. It definitely was not on my radar. Like when I got pregnant, like I, I, I didn't know much of anything. What about you? Like, was your pregnancy typical? Did you know kind of quickly did like, what was that like? Mm -hmm. Do you know that I've had multiple comments over my social media journey that I should have expected autism that when you get pregnant, Ugh. you should expect that a disability can happen. And it's like, what? That, I still, I think about that all the time. Uh, Maybe if you have a different, I, this is my first pregnancy. Right? I was like oh. the Disney of pregnancy, like eating the ice cream and taking prenatals, living the yes. dream. Yes. Yes. Um, very typical pregnancy. Nothing out of the ordinary. Had a really traumatic birth. Okay. And um, he was a big boy. He was nine pounds. I oh. was induced. He yep. wasn't ready to come out. Yep. He wasn't breathing. He didn't have to be innovated by any means, but. Um, it's a powerful part of the book because, like, they were like, "Come on, buddy, breathe. Yes. Come on, buddy." And that has always stuck with me. That yeah, because when they put him in my arms, so I went on to have three more kids. And I will tell you, Cooper was different from birth. Okay, he um, uh, he was like wide awake. He didn't know how to nurse. He didn't want to snuggle. He wanted to be up and out, stimulated mm -hmm. in front of lights and TVs, and right away just entered a, a big battle with sleep big battle with breastfeeding, all that stuff. Yeah. And I was saying things really early on to my mom, my mother-in-law, my pediatrician. I'm like, something's going on here. But I didn't know what. Right. I mean, I yes, had no idea. Exactly. I was like, this kid doesn't sleep. Like something is going on. Yeah. And I was met with a lot of like, relax. You're a first time mom. Yeah. Um, you know, chill out. He I actually had a pediatrician say to me, and she didn't mean it mean, but she's like, you got a tough baby mama. Ugh. She's like, just settle in, yeah. you know? And, um, 
but looking back, our J- Cooper was very autistic from the day he was born. Okay. He's like he's never, he's 12. He's never played with the toy. Um, he was never developed language, never babbled, mm-hmm. um, uh, could not transition, watch TV from nine months old, uh, all, yeah. no imaginative play, Yeah, but it took us three and a half years to get a diagnosis. Wow. And I think it's because we lived rural. He yep. could have been diagnosed at nine months. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, what would you say has been, okay, tell us first, before I go to this, how is he doing now? Wonderful. So the hope carrot that I want to dangle yep. in front of parents with younger kids is at age 10, Cooper started making huge gains. And I've heard that from other parents yes. too. Uh, huge. So 10 to 11 was phenomenal. 11 to 12, he's 12 now. We are doing things that I never thought possible Aww. to be, to be honest, yeah. never thought possible. Um, he's doing therapeutic horseback riding. He's um, having spelling tests at school. <sighs> He um, can walk in parking lots safe. He can go to a grocery store. He's doing music class. He ate at a, a sort of a restaurant for the first time mm-hmm. ever on Saturday. Oh. Now, there's lots of scaffolding, as my yes. friend Carrie Carriello says. There's lots of intensity yeah. and motivation, encouragement, and rewarding. But he's doing things that I never thought possible. That's amazing. Because at one point, you really couldn't do anything out of your house for quote, like for fun, right? Like your family, Hey, we're all going to go here for fun. Um, the first thing that, and I, this is one of the pieces of advice in the last chapter of my book, it's find something that works for your family. So when you have other children specifically, you need to have something that your family can do to enjoy each other. Yes. And if you don't, there's an animosity that's going to build. If you're having to always leave early or not go, or in our case, Jamie typically, my husband typically brought Sawyer places. Yep. And I started hearing things like mom needs to stay home with Cooper. You know, so all yeah. this is happening behind the scenes. At 10 years old, we um, bought a boat mm-hmm. and we put it on the river. And it's one of those boats that has a cutty so you can go underneath. Yep. And we are able to spend like eight hours a time <sighs> on the river, even spend the night. And it's the first thing that we can do as a family. Yeah. Because they all love swimming. They all love water. We have air conditioning for Cooper and a DVD player for Cooper and a fridge for his snacks. And I know it sounds almost ridiculous, but it's the first thing that we've ever been able to do. Absolutely. I mean, there is no part of it that sounds ridiculous to me. And I think so many families either feel like the sibling is resentful or they're afraid of that. And I think try, like what you just described, finding something to be able to do as a family, to bond as One a family thing. is essential to helping that not happen. Yep. And you know, it's actually kind of funny because the story that I, I, okay, so I would say my kids were six and four and um, I found this story. It's going to sound funny, but it's about duck hunting. I'm not a duck hunter. Okay. We live in Minnesota. <laughs> And this family was like, that was their whole family. They, they, they all hunted. They had a hunting cabin and they did all this, you know, they were on the woods, they were outside and they had this child with autism who needed Wi-Fi, needed air conditioning, needed comfy blankets, yeah. didn't like loud noises. They figured out, they like built him his own thing that he could oh, like be in there yes. and it's like, oh my gosh. And it was like, if they can do it, we can figure this out. But it Absolutely. took 10 years. Yes. Yes. Well, I hope anyone that's listening, that can be a major takeaway is 
to find your something. Oddly enough for us, well, no, none of our listeners will be surprised by that. Ours is eating out. Um, Jordan loves eating out. She's at the point now where she can go and do a lot of things, but it, that was not always the case. But we can make an activity out of eating out anytime, okay. place, anywhere. She is always game for it. Um, okay, so you talked about the dark days. You talked about how well he's doing now. You said specifically, I think it was 10 to 11 was just a game changer. What happened there? Was there something specific you can point to that made that change for him? Or what What do you think? So I think it's a lot of things. And I always, I, I say it's like building a toolbox for our children. So of course it was age. I think that's just a big age change, yep. right? In development in general. We found the right therapies. Yep. For him, it was occupational therapy, speech therapy. We found some activities he could do. He had the right program at school. So that's kind of like the the the, the external stuff. But I started looking at autism differently. My husband and I both did. And it was like, we were, we were trying to go to, to change this thing with this autism thing. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, autism is really the umbrella and it's like, what makes it up? And for Cooper, he struggled with anxiety, ADHD, apraxia, they're surprisingly all A words, yeah. um, sleep, I mean, different parts, right? And we went down the anxiety journey. And once we got him on a medication, he takes Prozac for anxiety. Within 24 hours, he sat for the first time. Ah. Oh. So it's, it's a really powerful part in the book where my yeah. husband and I were like doing our thing. Like he was wearing a red thermal shirt, like a fleece, like a thermal. Right. And he was sitting and we walked by him and I was holding a laundry basket and we I actually dropped it. And we went and sat next to him and we sat with him for like 20 minutes and we both cried because uh. we had never sat with him before. And we finally, like his eyes got brighter. The anxiety kind of slipped away. He stopped self-injuring. All the aggression went away. And he started seeing the world and he wanted to be part of it too. Yeah. yeah. I think though, so Jordan made a lot of her progress when she was older, way more than she ever did when she was younger. But I think sadly, so many parents feel that if their child hasn't made progress by a certain age, they're not yes. going to. And I just think that's something that is just so false. Um, well, and it's because here's why I think that is. So like my daughter's one. I've already had her first daycare conference. I have a sheet of paper of the things that she can do and where she is. And and it's like she's one, right? Yes. That starts at, what, three months old, two weeks old when you're at the doctor? Yes. And I think when you have a child with autism, you need to, and I this is aggressive, rip it up and throw it away. Yes. Because your child is on their own timeline. And once you kind of stop thinking of your child at, at stop thinking of them as like, Cooper's 12 and he's a sixth grader, but he's not really 12 and a sixth grader. Yes. He is unique. And yes. um, he, there's so much pressure with that. And I have heard from so many parents of young adults that like their kids blossom like in their late teens and 20s. Yes. I mean, it's been life changing for Jordan. But I think you just pointed out another really important thing. If I always view Jordan as a 22 year old girl, like I would be sad because of the things that 22 year old girls are doing like then she's not, but you have to take that timeline away. And I just look at all of her accomplishments, how great she's doing so that I can really find that joy for her. And same way with you on the he's 12, take away that what we have as preconceived 12 year olds should be doing. 
I work really hard <laughs> to not uh, see what 12 really is. Yeah. And I realize that's not not very healthy. So I volunteered for the book fair at the middle school that Cooper's at. Uh-huh. And of course, they put me in the library where every sixth grade class, my <laughs> special kids didn't come in, but it was sitting. And I mean, I um I block it out. Even though I have a 10-year-old, I block out yes. the 12. I mean, the girls were wearing crop tops and the boys were, had facial hair. I mean, I, I, mean, I could go on and on yes. and um, they were high-fiving and wrestling and they had lives and play dates and they were talking about all these things and um, it hurt for a while. Yeah. It hurt. And I was like, but this was good. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm stepping into it and then I'm stepping out. Yes. And I think that's all part of the healing, accepting journey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your Facebook group. We've talked about your page. Your page is finding Cooper's voice. You're getting very close to a million followers. You also have this amazing group called Coop's Troops. And I say amazing. I'm in it. And you, your group has become that place for so many people. The world of autism can be very isolating. Tell us a little bit more about your group. Yeah. So I think it was like three years ago. I get kind of muddled on my timelines, but I, um, how it started was Cooper went to my mom's for the weekend. His favorite place is home. His second favorite place is my mom's house. They have this really big connection. He went to her house for the weekend and Jamie and I took the other two kids to the beach. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time back to the first time we were able to spend a whole day building sandcastles and having a picnic because when Cooper was there, he was a runner back then. He was running and eloping and throwing sand and being unsafe in the water and just really erratic. So we would go for little bits, but one of us would have to leave or we all would have to leave. So we had this just like gorgeous day and I came home and I had a beautiful picture of like the sunset and the kids. And I wrote this post, right. And like Cooper's being spoiled at my mom's watching family feud and taking baths. (laughs) Right. And, um, of course there was beautiful comments. And then the, you know, there was a lion's share of, why don't you love Cooper? Why do you not love him? And I I had not even imagined that that people would go that that way. And I was like, I think I'm done. I literally was like, I think I'm done. I I don't want to do this anymore. I wasn't making any profits doing Facebook. I was just exposing myself to this hate. Right. Yeah. And Facebook approached me and they're like, you should start a paid supporter group. And I was like, no one will ever pay anything <laughs> to see, hear what I have to say. Like I'm yeah. nobody. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, my husband convinced me. He's like, if you get 10 people, you have 10 people to share your story to. And I was like, you're right. So I did a video just telling, saying exactly what yeah. I just said. And like overnight I had a thousand people mm. that were like, we have been shamed in every mom group, every autism group. We can't do this anymore. And so flash forward three years, it's like this living, growing, thriving group of, you know, moms, dads, grandparents, just nice people, curious people, caregivers, yes. therapists, doctors, teachers, and everyone collaborates for the good of these children. Yes. And it's changed my whole entire life. I mean, honestly, my whole entire life. Yeah. And like, you know, I see some people that are just posting in there because they want to celebrate something their child's done and they don't have anywhere else to celebrate. And this whole group rallies around to celebrate with them. Then you see others that are at their lowest point. Again, the whole group rallies around them. And I think 
for people listening, that's one thing I can't stress enough. The autism, it, it can be very hard, overwhelming, lonely, sad. You have to find a safe space. You have to find something. And if it's, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your friends, but it might be a random group of people that you found on Facebook that then become like that family to you, but you have to have somewhere or it can just eat you alive. Well, and like, for example, in, in, so while I had in my own life, I had no place to share the hard. Like you just said, I also had no place to share the good. Yes. So here's kind of a funny story. Like I had this, like, I have a great group of friends. I have a, I have a wonderful family, right? I remember this time I worked for years to get Cooper to drink a, out of a cup. Yeah. I mean, it was like our Everest, yep. right? Um, how do we get him to drink out of a cup? It would just dribble out of his mouth. He wouldn't even touch the cup. He wouldn't, I mean, it was just like step by agonizing step. And I remember that the time he did it and I shared this like five second video on my personal Facebook page. Right. And what happens is, is people don't know what to say. Yes. Like, are we celebrating that an eight year old is doing this? Are we sad? Are we joyful? And it's like, I almost was like kind of coaching people. And I just wanted to be able to have this group of people where I could, and you'll see it in Coop's Troops posts every day, like, um, you know, my child touched a chicken nugget. Like people are like, oh yes, exactly. Yeah. Nobody had to tell them how to react. Everybody yes. knew the significance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, just, I think it's amazing. And I literally see every day the value that is bringing to people's lives, like the support piece, the learning from others piece, but it it is amazing. Being, having a place to ask questions. I'm sure you can relate to this. Like we have unique struggles that like, like for example, like skin picking, that's pretty common in anxiety. And it's like, where do you ask those questions? Like, what do you ask about like, um, head hitting? There's a mama just like, my kid will not stop banging his head. Like, you don't ask that in your normal mom group. Exactly. And I, yeah, that it's hard. You're embarrassed to ask. You don't know who to ask. I mean, there is, there's a lot of that, that you don't have anywhere to turn. Yeah. So yeah. find a group, whether it's absolutely it group, yep. in person, local. Yes. I always thought online was easier because we're, it's hard for us to leave the house. Like yes. I couldn't, and if I did, if I did get to a group for an hour, once a month, I was stressed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You've been on this journey. You've seen the highs, you've seen the lows. What one piece of advice would you give to a new parent that's just starting out? Okay, so I get asked this all the time. And, <laughs> you know, when I think back to the beginning, I do, so autism, we weren't surprised when we went into, went into mm-hmm. the diagnostic appointment. Like it was, we right. were getting a diagnosis of autism. So there was a bit, you know, a time to prepare mentally. And, yes. Um, I wish I would have relaxed. I felt like we were in a race against time. Going back to that, let's do everything now. And by kindergarten, by five, by six, this will be fine. And I think that I made us all crazy. I think that I was a martyr. I think I was like, I'm the best and I can do this. I can fix this. I can make this better. And part of me wishes that I would have just taken my kid to the beach to throw rocks for hours at a time and just uh, not always teaching him on the floor when we were yeah. you know, sitting, I wish I would have just calmed down a little bit. And that goes back to our whole conversation. These kids are lifelong learners. Yes. You really do have time. Absolutely. You do. You feel 
like you don't, but you do. Cause like you said, Cooper's made more progress in the last couple of years. Same with Jordan and she's not 22. So it's not we the have, race against time. We thought it's not. And, and I'll be, I'm perfectly honest and blunt about this. Our hardest years were ages like four to eight. <laughs> and in those four years, and I'm going to be honest, um, we lived in the land of regression. We lived in the land of standing still. And I remember, you know, these older moms would be like, keep trying. And it's like, I, we were so down. It was so hard. And, um, it's like, there are going to be really hard years, but there are good years to come. I firmly believe that. Yes. Yes, I I agree. Well, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. I want to make sure, let everybody know where can they get Forever Boy if they'd like to purchase it. Okay, so Forever Boy is on Amazon, which is the easiest place because it's the cheapest and the fastest. But if you're not an Amazon person, which I have learned, there are not Amazon people. Okay. Uh, yes, um, Barnes and Noble, local bookstores love when you know you yep. get my book from there. They just that's so helpful to them. But also, um, I recorded the audio, and people love that because it's me talking. So you can get that where audio books are, and then um, your library. If you requested yes. your library, if you're not able to buy it, let's brag for just a second. It it has done very well on Amazon, correct? Yeah. So in all of Amazon land at my best, I got to like number like 36. And that is all books. I was there for like four seconds. Does not matter. It does not matter. You got the picture. It happened. And I got um, another really big accolade. Uh, I got, um, if you go, this is funny. If you go to Amazon, Mm -hmm. do this, search Forever Boy Kate Swenson. I have a little badge that says editor's pick. So they picked my book for a book of the month. Um, And that never happens with disability books. But what's so cool is under every first book now is Prince Harry's book (gasps) and it's editor pick. So it looks like we're like (laughs) together. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right there. There we are. (laughs) I really though, I cannot stress enough. It is like you said, it is not just a book for parents of a child with disabilities. It will Mm -hmm. help everybody better understand, but it is also just, I feel bad saying enjoyable read because, but it is, it is, it is a very enjoyable read. Uh, So I think it's amazing. You're also on Facebook and Instagram, correct? Yep. And that's finding Cooper's voice. Okay. Um, So they can follow you there. Who knows? Maybe one of them can help you get to a million, but We're recording this early, so hopefully you'll already be there by the time this is aired, but still go there, give her a follow. I just want to thank you. I know your time is incredibly busy. I'm going to end with just a really short story. I still remember like that video. I had followed you. I was like, oh my gosh, Kate, finding Cooper's voice. I remember the night when you first commented, it was on Instagram, and I had like, I don't know, I felt like 50 followers at the time. I don't know. I had more, but it wasn't a whole lot. And you commented and then you sent me a message and I had to screenshot it and I had to send it to my best friend. And I was like, Janice, you're never going to believe this. Kate from Finding Cooper's Voice just reached out to me. Um, I had had a bully troll, you know how it goes. And you just reached out to encourage me. But for me, it was the fact that, oh my gosh, 
Kate knows who I am. It was so exciting for me. So exciting. So anyway, um, yes. So I thoroughly appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, but even more than that, for you changing really changing the whole dynamic of how autism is talked about. You have opened it up. You have led to so many conversations. You've started healing, the talk of healing, acceptance. Um, And really, like you said, for a group of individuals that it used to not be talked about. It used to be kept away. It used to be like, we don't talk about. It used to be hidden. And you are changing the dynamic there. So I just want to say thank you. Oh, this, this is like really good for my mental health. Oh, I came good. Kind of just feeling down and now I'm like, well, what's next? Hey, anytime hop on. No, I just, I appreciate you being on. And again, for all of our listeners, thank you for listening. Um, go give Kate a follow. I promise you're going to be glad you did. And thanks for listening. Have a great day, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Be Kind to Everyone podcast. We know your time is valuable. And we appreciate you spending it with us. Word of mouth is the number one way people learn about new podcasts. So we need your help for people to find us. Please, please, please tell everyone you know about our show. To learn more about our story and see our shirts, go to BeKindToEveryone.com. Thanks for listening. Have a good day, you guys.